0: Welcome to episode 465 of Salcido Paranormal. And tonight I'm continuing my review of the complete books of Charles Fort. As always, you can find all episodes of the show along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page. And that is com. That's S A L S I D O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're from you or someone else you trust. I'm happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening, whether you are here for the live streams on Discord, or if you listen on the podcast or YouTube feeds, or on the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP. Digital Broadcasting. There you can hear replays of the show, uh, two episodes, every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. I always want to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin, host of the Exile Minds podcast, for producing the show and putting it up on the station. Uh, If you'd like to help out the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always... uh, Share the show with others. uh, Rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. You can also find uh, some books I've written, Paranormal Fiction and Nonfiction, over on Amazon. Also, if you would like extra content, extra shows, you can join the Patreon for the show and get at least one extra episode of the True Paranormal Stories from the Web uh, shows per month. Hopefully coming soon. It'll be weekly, or at least mostly weekly, as, uh, as time allows. Um, also, if you'd just like to make a one-time donation, you can always do that through PayPal or Venmo. And uh, um, all this help is always appreciated, but never expected. But there are expenses in doing the show and making it, uh, continuing to make it better, uh, such as equipment and uh, research materials. And then travel expenses as well. Um, there is, I'll be going to the Mid-Michigan Paracon this November 4th and 5th. That is a Saturday and Sunday over at the, um, Soaring Eagle Casino Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Uh, and I'll be going there to do some recordings of myself, uh, and anyone else who, uh, wants to be recorded talking about the paranormal and our thoughts on, on, on it. And then, um, possibly experiences as well. And then I'll bring those recordings back and share them on the show. I think that covers everything, so um uh, let me get to the material here. I didn't want to say again, uh I will be releasing one extra show. Uh as far as that's the plan as of right now on Friday morning. And uh that will be another listener experiences show, which are always amazing to do. Um so looking forward to that. And then uh yeah, also looking forward to hopefully soon, probably this weekend, if I can, um, if, if possible, I will be recording more content for Patreon. So. I think that uh, takes care of everything, so let me get to this material here. We're still on um, Charles Fort's The Book of the Damned, and uh, either we'll finish that one today or I will get close. Uh, but there's still three other books within this whole larger book to get through, so we're still, there's still a ways to go, um, but, uh, so chapter 16 here, and these are all summaries generated, uh, by, by AI summary, uh, summarizing tools, so, um, just keep that in mind, and, uh, they can still be interesting, so, uh, here we go with this, uh, chapter 16 discusses, Various reported sightings of unusual objects and even beings in the sky, including luminous bodies and star like objects, also creatures with wings, among other things. So, um, says many of these sightings are dismissed or explained away by scientists and astronomers as being. Mundane things like uh, seeds, birds, locusts, and, and other things. Of course, um, that's basically just the mundane explanations that um, does not, may not always explain everything away. So, there's a mention also of a, a photograph taken of an object. It uh, was taken at a, an observatory in Mexico in 1883. Uh, that seems to show a winged, elongated object, object crossing the sun. Um, and this is presented as possible evidence for extra, extraordinary flying objects or beings in the sky. So, um, let's see here. There's uh, I think that covers that section, basically. The rest is sort of summarizing the, the um, fort's usual problems with the mainstream scientists and everything. Um, but there are, again, just mentions again, there are reports of all kinds of sightings of things in the air and the sky and, um, and uh, the possible metaphysical uh, and speculative, uh, basically possible, the possibilities of what they could be other than just sort of traditional um, scientific explanations there. So going on to the next section here, uh, 17. uh, This next section discusses numerous uh, historical reports of strange sightings and events coinciding with earthquakes, including unusual uh, clouds, darkness, lights in the sky, uh, meteors, and falls of rocks or other objects. So this is sort of taking what he's already talked about, Fort has already talked about throughout the book. Um, Odd things falling from the sky. And then throwing in earthquakes that apparently happen around the same time. So um, Fort argues that these things uh, challenge the rational, let me see here, I'm sorry, conventional thinking that earthquakes are solely internally caused geologic events. Uh, Instead, he posits that quakes can be induced by the close passage of other celestial bodies or worlds. So that's a really amazing idea there. Of course. I have no idea how that would work or how that would not be more easy to sort of prove or or disprove, but um, just the concept of that is amazing Uh, and terrifying in a way. You don't really want worlds going that close to each other. But uh, Fort presents reports of fish inexplicably, inexplicably, that's a hard word to say, I don't think I'll be saying that word much anymore, (laughs) Uh, falling from the sky during quakes as evidence uh, suggesting entire lakes may be disrupted on another world and the contents shaken loose. So again, going back to the idea that, that there are other things out there that we just somehow are not seeing or sensing or detecting. Other reported earthquakes, uh, Earthquake inc- uh, Events include, there's a word that I've never seen before, anyway, uh, include eclipses of the sun, uh, sulfuric odors, luminous clouds, so lights basically, clouds sort of giving off light, I guess, and even mysterious lights interpreted as aerial visitors. Now, I have heard, and I don't know a lot about this, but one possible regular explanation for some lights that are seen. Around earthquakes, and I believe it's piezoelectricity. It's this idea that the the physical movement of the earth, parts of the earth can generate energy that is then seen as lights. I believe if I'm not mistaken on that, I may have to look into that and then sort of report back on that next time but um, but I've heard of that kind of thing as a possible explanation to things and, and Again, it's not that I'm ever looking only to sort of explain everything as paranormal. So if that's the case, then even that is still amazing that the planet itself was able to generate lights like that. So and I lost my spot. Uh, so um, let's see here. The passage uh, talks about... Uh, skepticism, skepticisms towards orthodox explanations. We won't go over that whole paragraph because that's basically the, that thing that that gets repeated throughout the book. Um, So, anyway, uh, let me see here. I think that takes care of that section. So, moving on to chapter 18 here. Uh, This section argues that the concept of Uh, development or progress is an attempt to positivize existence and impose artificial limitations on things. So this is getting deep into just major concepts of, I guess, how reality works. And I'm going to sort of skip through some of that because that's not... That goes a little little bit um, beyond what I can really... uh, Sort of comprehend here, and uh, this um. Let's see here. So it looks like yeah, that's that section is all about that. So we're just gonna bypass that. Uh, moving on to chapter nineteen. <laughs> uh, this one says, uh, talks about uh, various historical reports of strange things falling from clear skies, including a red rain. I guess, I'm not sure what what puffins are, P-U-F-F-I-N-S, and hundreds of dead birds of different species. Uh, The narrator, uh, Fort, basically, argues that these events challenge conventional science, um, such as, explanations such as winds and storms, um, instead suggesting extraterrestrial origins there. They, um, and then he goes back into this idea of this, what he calls the Super Sargasso Sea. Uh, it's, it's one of his major ideas as to where a lot of these um, objects that fall are coming from. And it's this idea of a place that's above the earth where things like plants and animals uh, are, that are sucked up by water spouts remain, can remain in uh, suspension. For months before eventually falling. Um, and I have no idea what to make of that, but that's an amazing concept on, on its own. There have been reports of, um, dried autumn leaves falling in the spring. <coughs> um, and that's, that's suggested evidence of the Super Sargasso Sea, uh, with Fort suggesting that leaves were held there from the prior season. um, there's also an account of blood-colored clouds and African tree seeds falling in Italy. So that's, a, that's amazing. Um, again, with all these stories of these objects falling from other places, the thing that always gets me is it always seems to be just this one object. And if, it's, if wind is sort of causing that they're picking all these things up why is it not picking up anything else and that's what always gets me about these um objects that fall when there's just one or two different kinds of objects instead of all kinds of things that might be picked up by the wind so um let's see here so yeah that's basically what uh, he talks about in that section just the So, these odd things that are from other places that seem to fall... Or other times of the year that seem to fall in odd places or odd times. So, Uh, moving on to chapter 20. Uh, Like I said, we'll either finish this this show or next show. Next one of these shows. Um, Because there's about seven more sections total now. But uh, we are... About halfway through the show. So. um, So 20. This section describes various unconventional reports of strange objects and shadows seen in the sky. Which, Fort argues, uh, challenge mainstream scientific explanations. Reports are presented of fan-shaped dark triangular objects. Unidentified lights, basically. And stationary shadows cast on clouds, which supposedly defy explanation by clouds, balloons, or birds, or other things. Uh, Fort entertains uh, fantastical imaginative interpretations like super constructions, Uh, Hovering over Earth, secret lunar entities, and unknown light-absorbing principles. So there's an account also given of a week-long unexplained light hovering over a park in London that is dismissed by scientists as a street lamp, street light. Now, keep in mind, these are all recordings from the end of the 1900s, or 1800s, I'm sorry, 19th, 19th century into the early 20th century. So this is before any major kinds of, like, hovering planes or anything like that, as far as we know. So, um, that is an amazing sighting there. Um, there's, a uh, See here there's um then it just talks about more how that's just scientifically doesn't make sense to a lot of people so um so yeah that's the, that's that's cha- that chapter moving on to 21 this chapter uh presents multiple accounts of Um, luminous wheel-like wheel-like objects that's wheel as in W-H-E-E-L that are seen rotating or moving through the sky and oceans including some uh, that seem to be of massive size and um, as far as scientific explanations those include optical illusions meteorological phenomena and even metaphorical visions, so basically people seeing things that aren't really there, uh, are considered but ultimately rejected by Fort, uh, the author. The luminous wheels are uh, interpreted as possible structural components of super constructions originating from and traveling between other worlds. Uh, their entry into Earth's atmosphere and uh, submergence into the seas is mentioned. So again, you're getting into, in a way, possibly UFOs and USOs, unidentified flying and or submerged objects. So reports of other um, events such as phosphorescent water, lights, uh, shooting from... From these wheels, and uh, resulting in physical effects like uh, smashed ship masts. So these are, um, but regular as in um, boats that were around at the time are also reported as evidence for these uh, wheels actually being there, which makes sense in a way. Uh, Fort expresses. Uh, frustration with um, conventional scientific attempts to dismiss and rationalize these accounts. Uh, which I can understand when they're destroying parts of boats and everything. That's pretty extreme right there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a lot of things happening. Again, that gets back to sort of early descriptions of uh, objects in the air and in the water that don't make sense. So... Uh, moving on to chapter 22. This chapter talks about... Um, uh, gives a historic, uh, uh, historic account of an event from 1870 where a strange cloud, in quotation marks, was observed in the sky by sailors uh, aboard a boat called the Lady of the Lake. So... Uh... The features of the cloud include a circular form, a divided semicircle segments, and uh, geometric complexity and stability, organic appearance, gray coloration, low altitude, and movement against the wind. So it almost sounds like a flying creature of some kind that looks like a cloud. That is an amazing sighting there. Uh, this lasted for about 30 minutes before it disappeared due to uh, the darkness of night rather than any kind of dissipation. But um, still, so probably know it was still there, but they just couldn't see it anymore. Uh, but that's an amazing sighting right there. I've never heard of that before. So, um, all the things, all the details there make Fort think basically that this is really hard to just dismiss as a regular cloud. So um, so that's basically that chapter right there. Moving on to chapter 23, this uh, one presents several historical reports of unusual metallic objects falling from the sky. These objects include a uh, meteor, so some different meteorites, uh, large, um, let me see here, pig iron they call this this other thing here in north carolina uh, a furnace product in massachusetts so something that scene made made somehow steel-like material uh, resembling metal works uh of steel and the melted iron in Braintree. i'm not sure where that's at um but either way these are all odd things to be falling from the sky uh, For acknowledges that many were considered, many of these reports were considered fraudulent, but argues against uh, hastily dismissing such accounts. And I agree with him there. Um, it's one thing, sure, there's things that can be faked, but that's I agree with him. You should always try to figure everything out instead of sort of leaning one way or the other without knowing what's going on. So. Um, this section talks about, uh, how people should be more open to, uh, these events. So, let's see here. Um, there's also been explosive, uh, explosive disintegration of some reported objects entering Earth's atmosphere, uh, as well as indicative of origin in a different medium. So that's an amazing idea right there. Um, so, yeah, that's that chapter, I believe. Yeah, that's that one. So I um, think we'll end there as far as going through any more of these chapters. I have a few more left, but um, I don't think there's enough time today. But so this whole book has been amazing. Yeah, there's like three or, three or four more sections. I think something like that. Yeah, it looks like three or four. So um, this this whole book, reviewing this whole book, and this is again this is the first of four books, has really been amazing. All the different things that have been seen falling from the sky, and and or floating in the sky. That one cloud that looks almost like a a creature that almost looked like a ship in a way, or a, 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 sort of like a UFO in a way. That's also really that story to me really stuck out. Um, Because you hear about odd clouds today that seem to be shaped like UFOs. And, of course, there's regular explanations for those. And, of course, I don't doubt that some of those are regular clouds. But then it makes you wonder, why can't UFOs or other entities sort of use the appearance of clouds um, as clouds to get by? So that's all we have time for today. Uh, Thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you all on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care.